Today's reading is from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10, a shoot from Jesse's stump. A shoot will grow up from the stump of Jesse, a branch will sprout from his roots. The Lord's spirit will rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of planning and strength, a spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will delight in fearing the Lord. He won't judge by appearances, nor decide by hearsay. He will judge the needy with righteousness and decide with equity for those who suffer in the land. He will strike the violent with the rod of his mouth. By the breath of his lips, he will kill the wicked. Righteousness will be the belt around his hips and faithfulness the belt around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion will feed together, and a little child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together, and a lion will eat straw like an ox. A nursing child will play over the snake's hole. Toddlers will reach right over the serpent's den. They won't harm or destroy anywhere on my holy mountain. The earth will surely be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, just as the water covers the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations will seek him out, and his dwelling will be glorious. I'd like to say that scripture hits differently when you have a toddler, because I know he would go over that snake's hole and serpent's den. Let us pray. In the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart, and then the actual living out of these words, be wholly acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Anybody remember that John Legend, John Legend, John Lennon song? Imagine. Imagine there's no countries. Not that hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion, too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You, you may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join me, and the world will be as one. This morning's scripture is that song, right? It's that vision of peace, that deep longing for peace in the world. John Lennon imagined that, he dreamed that. MLK Jr. dreamed it too in a different way, right? And then Isaiah, long before, Isaiah had that dream too, for peace to come to Israel, for peace to come to all of God's children. And I don't think it's Isaiah, I don't think Isaiah is much different than you and me today. I think we all desire that sort of peace, right? The peace in the world, our peace in our relationships. Maybe this week was glorious for some and not so glorious for others that have stress in families. And then, of course, finally, the peace in our own spirit 
where we can learn to love ourselves and to find a place of peace. And of course, peace can be the absence of war, the absence of strife, right? And as I think about that today, it, is, it just feels so distant, especially of the events of the last couple of, of months, right? Of that deepest longing. Imagine, you know, I have young children. I can imagine the children in Israel, the children in Gaza, right? That they don't know, they don't know if they're going to see their families again. They don't know if there's ever going to be peace. It's so hard to even imagine now in, those song, in the words of the song, right? It's so hard to even imagine every single day. There were more, more hostages released on both sides today. One was that, that four-year-old. She turned four years old on Friday, American little girl whose parents died on October 7th. She's, she's an orphan. What will her peace look like? What will so many of those children's peace like that look like? And I, and I think of this scripture, this vision that Isaiah had. It almost seems unattainable right now to even imagine that, much less to realize that. And remember prior to October 7th, the headline news, what was going on in the Ukraine, where that war still continues to rage on. And those Ukrainian children still have their names and their blood types sewn into their jackets just in case. As a, as a mom of two small children, I can't imagine having to do that to send my kids to school or to play at the park and know that I had to have their blood type sewn in to their jacket. Or those are just a couple, right? Think of Syria, think of Thailand, think of the countless other places that experience life of war. And yet we have this vision to hold up that we know for ourselves, right, that we deeply long for, but that's not a new longing, but perhaps the deepest longing to know peace without war, without strife. You know, I'm a history teacher, and there's that story on Christmas Eve in 1914 as World War I raged on, right? where there was this question of, of what we were going to do for Christmas, what the soldiers were going to do on Christmas. And, and there's these reports, some of them true-ish, um, of the, the fighting just stopping on Christmas Eve and the music playing. Who knows what instrument they were playing? Whatever they could fit when they were off to war. But that the German and the British soldiers, they come together and are able to sing familiar tunes, right? Um, I'm sure, uh, but with different words because of the language barriers. And they came out of the trenches of something that they had only known as their lives from earlier that year, right? To have a pause in the fighting for to maybe to hold up this image, this deepest longing of peace. And I know it's not Advent yet, even though the world is telling us that Christmas is already here, right? 
um, 29 days actually, and as a mom of two young children, I'm asked daily, is today Christmas? Is this the day? And if you're like my family, we've got the tree up yesterday. We got on the ladder um, shakily and put up the Christmas lights. We shopped a little bit uh, this weekend. And the world is screaming Christmas, but I want to hold in this tension, right, of this longing and this waiting, because that's what Advent is about, right? That preparation, that getting ready for. What do we need to do actually in our spirits, in our lives, to be able to receive such a vision of this deep peace, of this impending hope. And Isaiah proclaims it with, this, with these images that are so familiar, right, of the animals that are, that are, one is, what is that movie, Zootopia, right, where the, um, the, we have the, what is it called, the predator and then the prey, right? And so it's like the first Zootopia that Isaiah talks about, right? The, the, the predators will, will get along with the prey, and they're, we're just going to eat hay, and we're not going to eat each other for a day, right? Is, like, that's really tangible for us. And then I think about what's going on in the world, and I wonder what we have to do to get there, this deep longing of wanting a world, not just with peace, and, and I want to be really clear about this because it's so easy to say, let's just have peace, peace in the world. I'll be the beauty pageant queen. I want peace on earth. <laughs> but what does that look like in a world that also longs for justice? What is the justice that aligns and walks with that peace? Because without justice, is it real peace? Or is it a tinderbox that's ready to ignite again in that question? And I consider, you know, like, it would be so nice to have peace in our relationships, too, and, and familiar relationships and relationships with neighbors and relationships with, oh, God, I have to go back to work tomorrow, with colleagues, um, and, and I want to say, like, let's just put those aside for a, a day, a season, a Thanksgiving, or whatever, right? But you can't just put away toxicity or, or harm that's been done or violence that's been done amongst family to, to say we're going to have this day of peace. Because what are the rights, what are the wrongs that need to be righted to be able to sit down at a table together? You know, I grew up um, Methodist, United Methodist, forgive me for that. I grew up United Methodist, and I, I was Methodist clergy for um, almost 25 years. And I remember in our communion liturgy, they always said, everyone's welcome. And as a young theologian, like really young, I sat in church and listened to the sermons, and I would ask these really profound questions when the the Clergy gets up and says, everyone's welcome. But then in the liturgy, it says, if you are not right with your brother or your sister, then go make that right before you come to this table. And I would ask these questions on the drive home or on the drive to IHOP. Um, of, if it's open, then why do I have to make that right? And as an adult now, now I know. Because to, you can't sit down together and pretend. What's it called? The elephant in the room, right? Right? 
that there's not that thing that's there, those deep wounds, those pains, those hurts, to be able to say, this day we're just going to sit down and have peace. That it undoes and unvalidates the emotions, the feelings, the pain, the hurt that's been there. But what would that writing those wrongs look like? And I, and I, I want to be a dreamer. I can only imagine, right? And I speak from experience with my family. We just had, uh, my side of the family, we just had our fourth Thanksgiving of not being together because I had to set some boundaries of how my children are treated and treated differently at a table because it's a two-mom family. And I won't do it. And so while I want peace, and I would I love to see my father again, I can't undo that. And I can't say, what you've done is okay to treat my kids that way or to treat my wife that way. And then I hold up this vision of I can only imagine. And if we can't have peace within nations and peace within our families, can we imagine having peace in our own spirit? with our own selves, where we accept ourselves fully, as fully human and as fully flawed, to be able to overcome ways that we know that we have hurt others or that we ourselves have hurt ourselves or damaged our own. What would that peace look like for ourselves? I can only imagine. And deep down, don't we all long or have this greater longing for, tea, for peace? It's Corey, right? As you talked about your friend and that deep grief that you have for your friend. I don't even know her. I don't really know you. But that, that hope, that longing, that imagine that maybe she's at peace. that she has overcome that battle, right? And really, Isaiah, this vision is such a beautiful text, this prophecy, this dream, way before John Lennon was able to dream in 1971, way before I was born, by the way. (laughs) But he's this prophet, and he dares to imagine this peace. And he had the same longings that we did because you see in this scripture, Isaiah's vision of peace for the world, for Israel, for for those people that lived there, right? Their worlds were so small because they didn't have the connection of technology and transportation the way that we do so easily. But in his small world, Israel, Isaiah had, had seen for so long the warfare, the strife, the conflict in, in Israel, And it was 700 B.C. The the Jews have been fighting for almost 40 years. First with the Assyrians, then the Egyptians, then the Assyrians, and then again the Egyptians. And it's this like a lifetime, 40 years a lifetime back in that time of war. All the kids had grown up asking for weapons for Christmas. All the kids wanted to wear camo. Because that's what they knew. Sort of sounds familiar, though, when you think about the toys of today, right? 
And when they were just toddlers and they're playing these war games, Isaiah said, enough. He was tired of it. He was tired of all this killing. And he said, what if we thought this way? What if we dreamed this way? What if we imagined this world? Instead of giving weapons for gifts, maybe we give signs of peace, what that may be. And he was a dreamer, but I don't think he was the only one. Don't we all dream of such a day? A day when peace would take root in each of us so much that it would go out and shoot up into the world. No more Nerf guns for children. Because what does that say to them? Or bows and arrows or swords. I'm going to have to go through my son's toy box. The prophet longed for peace like king longed for justice. Like we long for peace and for justice today. And why do we call them dreamers? Why can't that become reality? Why do we have to do that in our sleep? Is there not a way to manifest that in our awake? Because the question is, can we call ourselves to an awakeness that we are moving that way? Because I don't want to dream about it. I want it to be. And you know what? <laughs> don't call me a dreamer. And I don't think I'm the only one who wants this to be real. You see, that dream of peace makes it something out there, esoteric, something, oh, only the dreamers, right? But when we say we're going to put hands and feet to it and make it reality, then that's when the work starts and that's when the dream becomes real. And that's when we actually see change. And you know, the word peace in Hebrew isn't just the like, let's all sit in a circle and sing kumbaya and we'll have peace. It's shalom. And shalom is like, it's not like a, it's not a dream. It's, it's really almost an action. It's like you're speaking peace into someone's life. And when you speak peace into someone's life, there's action that comes with that. I want you to be whole. I want you to be fed. I want you to be healed. You see, shalom is about completeness. It's about soundness. It's about safety. It's about fullness. It's about harm. It's about the absence of agitation or even discord. That's what I want to see the world leaders talk about is shalom. Because that's what's actually going to make a difference. But in reality, I don't think it starts with them. I think it starts with us. You may say I'm a dreamer, and I don't want to be a dreamer. I want to be a doer. And so in this season, as we're this in-between, we're going to start Advent real quick after worship. We're getting there. <laughs> may peace not just come into our lives. May it 
manifest itself so deeply, so holy, so richly in us that it spills out into our relationship, into our, into our world. Because the one we really long for is the Prince of Peace. And that's what this is talking about. May it be so. Amen.